If you do fail me, we'll be out of options. Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast, where my co-host Declan Kitchener and I... Hello! Roger, Roger Heathers, I forgot to say my own name. Um, each write one song in the space of seven days. We won't have heard each other's songs until we meet to record the podcast, at which point we discuss chords, lyrics, influences, and challenges of writing our weekly songs. This is episode 40. So I'm just going to try and work out some some nice jazz to go underneath all of that. Hello. Hello. Uh, How's your week been for you? It's been a busy week. And, uh, yeah, as we both know about each other, we both wrote our songs in the last day of the set because we write monday to monday don't we pretty much yeah and then we record a little bit later so sunday midnight is basically our deadline and i wrote mine at about 11 p.m on sunday <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i was getting worried when i didn't hear when i didn't get the text back uh like because uh, i sent you mine at about eight o'clock going i've just about got a song and then i was just waiting waiting he's not gonna do it is he it's gonna fail for the first time ever <laughs> and it was the closest i've ever come to being like i might just have to text you going I don't know. Or I was thinking maybe I'll text you on on Monday evening, going, "Look, I failed the channel. I've got I've got a song, but it's a day late." But luckily, I I managed to do it in time. So um, well, I was sort of halfway planning to do the same thing. Um, when I uh, was well, I'll get onto the writing of my song later. But I sort of had bits of it by Sunday, mm. and then when I went in for work, um, I was planning to sort of if I couldn't get anything Sunday evening to use Monday as a day off to uh, write my entire song. And then uh, my supervisor came over and said, oh, do you mind working Monday as well? Oh. It's like, I don't want to because I need to write. <laughs> At the same time, it will keep me honest and I earn more money. Yeah, and if you write... if you There write, we go, it's a struggle for artistic integrity versus money. Is it? Wait, I completely missed that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm reading into it anyway. That makes sense. But, um, yeah, I, I was doing all sorts of stuff. Because, basically, I, ha- I had work all week and stuff in the evenings. And then I had gigs all weekend in Cornwall. So, sort of, on the weekend, the most time I had where I was really thinking about the songs was the driving. So, there was one point where I stopped in a service station. And I was in the car park. And it was, like, tipping with rain. Did you meet Oliver? No, no, not this time. <laughs> Oliver the Night Clerk. Um, see episode one or whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I got out the garage band app on my phone I was like playing a little piano and I'm trying to write it was just like I just looked around I was like what am I doing this yeah. is how you write songs how, how did my life get to this point mind you if it's a good one that'll be a good story to put in the liner notes if it ever gets on an album nah, nothing came of it ah so you wrote yours on the Sunday then just before mine because you texted me saying I've got a song like, what like 7 or 8pm or something like that something around that sort of time yeah um, yeah, I started writing on the Sunday and I finished writing on the Sunday. Uh, it is a bit of a shorter one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is cool. I suppose you might as well just go straight into the yeah, playing Yeah, might as well jump in, yeah. It's called Strange Journey. And it uh, goes like this.
stand beside myself I see if I ain't true Strange Journey. I really, I really like that. Um, the chordal movement, um, the fact that it's a good blend of like a riff uh, structure in the intro and the bridge parts and um, the chords, um, that is just great. It's great. It's uh, my favourite of yours so far this season. Thank you. It's my favourite of mine this season. Um, but it's a bit of a weird one writing it because essentially I've had loads of time and no time this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, because after last week's episode, uh, basically after I recorded it on Tuesday, I went back down to Cornwall for a couple of days. And uh, the only thing about going home and uh, having time to yourself is you're suddenly expected to do things all the day to sort of justify your being down there. Yeah. Which, you know, was fun and it influenced a couple of lyrics and everything, but uh, it meant that when I got back on Saturday evening, I had nothing written and no time at all to write except for the Sunday. Yeah. So what I did, which I could only really do this on Sunday, but I took my guitar into work, and because I knew it was shorter breaks and I'd have a break to myself, I just got my guitar out in the staff room and started writing. <laughs> That's great. Um, which is where the main riff comes from, uh, which actually started off being somewhat... Uh, somewhat shorter and I wanted to write a riff based song because I had uh, bought a copy of um, Foo Fighters Everywhere But Home the concert DVD uh, oh right and you know I just realised I miss like playing loud fast and stuff like that and stop trying to be clever but at the same time wanting to do something worth talking about and I just ended up Thinking about songs like Generator, where they've got the and then it goes into chords, or um, for another band, Muse, like uh, Plug In Baby, it has that famous riff, but then it sort of seeks into chords or stuff. So, like 
the verse of those songs is much more traditional songwriting, but the way to get into it is more like a rock rock song. Exactly, yeah. And the riff I ended up coming up with was actually a lot slower, because um, I don't know why, but I was sort of thinking, like, well, maybe I can just make this huge and heavy or something. So it ended up being... Which is nice and everything, but it lacks a little urgency. So uh, when I got home, I thought, right, okay, I need something to motor through. So I just sped it all up, and then mm. I like that more. Yeah, both are good, but that's yeah, faster is good. But then that sort of led to a bit where I just wanted to sort of uh, put the. Uh, bit in which is essentially just uh, an E flat diminished uh -huh. just before uh, between B and E so that's nice yeah it's really weird like if you slowed down a lot of the parts of this song it would be a very like almost like Randy Newman-esque song like that chord progression if you played that slow on piano it would just sound very uh, almost like show tuney you know it's got that sort of movement to it I'm so glad that show tune keeps coming up in the <laughs> in a description of song, but yeah, that was that bit, uh, and then I like the sort of resolution bit of the verse so much. So yeah, I decided, that's great. I decided to just stick that in as much as I could on every other bit. Well, isn't there a bit where that goes to the minor chord as well at the very end of that? At the end of the choruses, yes. So instead of resolving to E, it goes to C sharp minor. <laughs> that's that's like such a good movement. That's that's what I don't know. That's really cool. If that was like a full band, you know, drums everywhere, that'd be the moment when I was like, yeah, you know, you really get into it. But then that sets you up nicely for the end of the chorus to go back to your uh, A flat major, A minor. Which is a bit classic songwritery. Like, we both do it all the time, but I thought, well, it fits there. Uh... We both do it all the time, so why stop? Yeah. Well, it's a nice little reset to get back into uh, the verse, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then the other parts of that were just trying to find chords that sort of flowed together nicely. That's all songwriting, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh... the. Uh... God, I love that bit. When you play that bit, like the way that goes with the lyrics and the vocal melody, just uh, it's great. Well, the vocal melody is literally just like following, uh, just following the chords essentially, one line of those. But um, originally, it started off being. Something like that. Mm -hmm. But it felt a bit busy. And it yeah. felt weird, like, having to slide up to start a section on the F sharp. So I just did the classic songwriter thing. Start a new section on the minor sixth, which in this case is C sharp. Uh, 
and then just pop D in there because I'm an anarchist. Uh, I'm a bit of an anarchist, and I want to see everything burn. Um, I love that. Da na na da da na na na. That's a great little. Yeah, that's it. But I knew I wanted it to go to B so that I could um, pop that bit in there, and it would all be fun. That's like a, a G sharp with like an open ringing E, isn't it? That particular chord? Uh, yes, the ringing E is optional dependent on your level of skill. Uh, you can quite happily do that. But um, with the ringing E, you get that lovely, that lovely sound. Yeah. And then that's how that bit was uh, built up. And then the only other bit was the uh, bridge, which... Uh, What that's doing is it's S sharp, G sharp, B, C sharp, A. Uh, okay. But that's originally what it was was F sharp minor, G sharp minor, A, B, A. Uh-huh. But I it just felt a bit clunky to me, like going Yeah. When you're going to go as the last a to B is your last little bit of that. You don't want to overuse that movement too much, do you? Yeah, which is why it skips from F sharp minor, G sharp minor, B, C sharp minor, down to A. Uh-huh. Guys, it's really good. i tell you what I really like about it as a song. Is, you know, you were saying, I don't... Because the, the chords move fast, I don't want it to sound too clunky or too busy. It doesn't. And I think that's what's so brilliant about it. It reminds me of, like, you know Jeff Rosenstock? I can... Yes, yeah. Well, it's like something from his album Worry, which was, I think, put out last year. And it's just what's so brilliant about that album and this song is that the chords move fast, the melodies move fast, but it doesn't feel overpowering. It just feels like good songwriting. I think to do that fast is very hard. Cool. It was just a fluke, I assure you. Um, <laughs> He's very modest, folks. Uh, I'm, I'm just honest. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's all I can say about the musical side of things. Okay. Uh yeah, and then just for words, uh, it, it's all relatively vague, but it, a bit of time is all I need from you, another line is written as you do, uh, and so I stand beside myself to see if I've been true, that's just going back to Cornwall, essentially. That's, that's Some, a good line. Somehow, <laughs> I don't know how, uh, but sort of like, uh, while I'm down here, I might as well be, take a bit of time to see if I've made the right choice and everything. Yeah. Not so deep as that, like, you know. Not so soul-achingly, like, have I ruined my life or anything? Just no, like... but when you go back home, you reflect. I think you can't help but do that. Yeah, and then a strange journey to this room, the air is charged nine and two, and so I sit inside my he uh, head to build a bridge to you. Strange journey to this room is just because it sort of ended up being a journey in three parts, because I took, obviously, when I was going down to... Do tell me to shut up at some point, this is boring. But after record, I went from Bristol to basically Minehead mm -hmm. uh, to record the podcast. Then I got a bit lost and ended up uh, going down the M25 towards stop at Exeter Services, sort of stop there, have my tea and everything. Uh -huh. And then, you know, had a bit of a phone call with my mum and everything and said, oh, I'm on the way back down. I have a tiny bit of a catch up on the phone, which yeah. is a bit weird doing that a little early. Yeah. And then, uh, when I got back home two hours later, my uh, room was being redone and redecorated and everything. Oh, wow. So I had to spend my time in my sister's room, which is a bit weird. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, 
in the sort of sense that I, I don't know. But it's like you go into another family member's room and you instantly start seeing like DVDs and you start checking their CDs and posters and things on the wall and you realise how little of that room you've actually seen. Yes, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. And then like this this is nothing to do with the lyrics anymore. But um like things like you'll see CDs that you both share and everything mm. and you think I never knew you were into that or like right. DVD is on the shelf and you think that's where my copy of that went. <laughs> yeah yeah that's the main one <laughs> um yeah but then the air is charged and i am too that's just on the way back up it had been heavy rain and thunderstorms for a few days so mm. it's like that feeling in the air yeah of like there's been heavy rain been storms and everything which is oddly exhilarating i find yeah i yeah i, I agree uh so that's what that one means uh, and then, and so I sit inside my head to build a bridge to you. That's just because I needed a, rhyme that, a line that rhymed. <laughs> That's all that means. I, I love that one particular line. I'm going to misquote it, as I often do. Um, Even when it's sun, I always run to you. That's a really good line. Even in the sun, I can't help but run to your door. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know what I was on about with that one. Makes sense, though. But it's sort of... Like, even though it was sort of sunny on the way down... Yeah. I was still, like, trying to get there as... Not majorly fast, but, like, trying to get there quickly and promptly and everything, which is kind of like... I could just be taking my time. Yeah, yeah. And, like, enjoying the scenery of the M5. Uh, ah, <laughs> yeah. God, that's a good scenery. I could en- <laughs> yeah, I could enjoy the sights of roadworks and other cars the and lorries of- who overtake me despite the fact that they're slower. I stop in the hard shoulder every five feet or so just to check out that scene really in five. Exactly, yeah. And that wonderful noise of the traffic passing by. <laughs> um, but then the only other lyric in that song that properly means anything is, uh, and so I walk beyond my past so I can lay my head, which is just kind of like, it felt like the right resolution to the song, which, you know, it was only a minor thing when I went into my sister's room and thought, this is a bit weird. But then you just sort of think, well, this is the room I have to sleep in now for a little bit, so... This yeah. is this is the bedroom. Yep. Better lay my head. Have a bit of a kit. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love about doing this podcast sometimes is when you hear a song, you just listen to a song, you make your own little meanings for it, you know, and that you sort of go, oh, I wonder if that song's... that lyric's about this thing. And then when you hear what it's actually about, you go, oh, yeah, I recognise all of these things. It's like, it's quite... And I mean this in a good way, quite normal and quite, like... It's to do with your personal life. Yeah. I quite like that. But uh, I have deliberately written this one a bit vague because I, you know, it would be a bit of a weird one if anyone ever asked what the song's about. So what's the song about? It's about going home and having to sleep in my sister's bedroom. <laughs> 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 she, yeah, and how am I meant to perform this? Well, uh, <laughs> vaguely with regret. I don't know. <laughs> I like the idea of the sheet music just saying... 144 BPM with regret <laughs> like in italics <laughs> with regret in italics that could be a title yeah <laughs> we'll keep that one in the back burner but yeah I think that's all I've got to say about the song um, I really like it like I say we're only three songs in but I think that's your strongest so far and uh, it's very it's very you it's very like you got the riffs in there you got the chords in there it's like fast and upbeat it works acoustically it could work with a band as well mm. and it suits it suits your voice as well that's another thing it's like it's 
it's in your range. You hit the top of your range on a few bits, and it it just really works. Yeah, it's uh, it was a bit difficult to try and write it because I've had sort of a bit of a cough coming off my throat recently this past week. Mm. So like, been a bit difficult reaching the registers that I normally reach. Bear mm. in mind that I'm not exactly Freddie Mercury or Aretha Franklin before we start this. Uh, so it's a bit lower than I'd normally write, but it's good to hear you say that. Yeah, it, it suits it suits your um. Your voice as a songwriter as well. Suits my ill voice. <laughs> <laughs> your cough voice. No, that's just really good. Really like it. Thank you, Bill. Strange journey, folks. I hope you do something with that. I know you normally say that to me. That's your catchphrase. But I, I would like to hear that as like... I'd love to see you with a band live playing that like as a four-piece or something. That would be that would be a, a cool thing to see. Yeah, it'd be cool. The only, the only thing is... Uh... It is only about two minutes long. <laughs> hey, welcome to my world. <laughs> I suppose I should play mine, shouldn't I? Well, it's traditional with the format. Nope, that's the weekly song podcast, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> now um, I'll just uh, not play my song. Okay, I got a quite a short one this week as well. Um, we, can, we can be done in ten minutes. <laughs> and uh, I wrote it, like I said, on the last day. Um... It's quite simple, quite short, and it's called um, The Grand Old Market. And it goes like this. Must you always make a little noise before I start? Quite sure how to end that one. <laughs> That's a really lovely one. 
Thank you. It's interesting you sort of said show tune about my one, because that one really feels like it's... Um, do you know the song Bell in Beauty of the Beast, the first one? Remind me how it goes. It's just the one... Uh, there goes the baker with his tray like always The same old bread and rolls to sell I like that But she's sort of setting up like the entire town and how they feel about her and everything. That sort of feels like what you're doing with that one because it sort of feels like opinions about people that could be sung by various people towards each other. Like the verses feel like they're sung by one point of view and the choruses feel like they're sung from another. Thanks for explaining my song. <laughs> no, that's I did. I wasn't quite sure how to go. Oh, this is what the lyrics are about, but you just basically said it. Because uh, to, <laughs> to continue into what I think is because it, it's almost like the first is like your. It feels very domestic. It feels like your um, verses are saying things to people who you've lived with, and then your choruses are like what they expect of you in return. Or what they want of you in return. Kind of, yeah. Um, like, like you kind of said with your song, it's like it is about something, but it's like nice and vague, so like you can put your own emphasis on the lines if you want. Yeah, um, which is what I've just done. <laughs> the verses are basically um, are basically like um, an outsider character, you know. Like mm. the protagonist of the story or whatever, and the chorus. So Bell, essentially. Bell, yeah, and the chorus is is the townsfolk, you know, the townspeople, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's about sort of a character who, sort of like like I say, is an outsider and has their own story yet to come, and then they don't want to be in the town they're in, but the, all the town people are going like, hey, you know, we want to see you doing well, we want to see you making money and contributing and all that stuff. Yeah, um, like wanting the best, but sort of stifling. Uh, by their expectation of what they want versus what the protagonist wants. Exactly, yeah. God, I'm glad I didn't have to uh, describe all that myself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, it's a quite a simple song lyrically. Um, it kind of started off with this idea of majestic silver crown. I was, I was going to start each verse stanza with something that that it seems grand but is unattainable so i was going to say majestic silver crown like a thousand miles away like there's a crown and maybe you're the heir to the throne or something but it's like really far away yeah um which is kind of it gets repeated here ten thousand miles away 12 years too soon so sort of like you're out of place you're always out of place no matter what you do especially if it's time you're out of time as well mm. um and then by the time i got to the chorus i was like i could kind of change perspective here and then it was like um the first line is essentially, "What do you want to be when you're older?" But that doesn't really fit the, the you know, the melody and the the syllables of it. So, what are you doing when you're older? Is kind of what I went for. And then, um, do you contribute to the grand old market? Like, what what are you what are you doing to, for society? Because, you... I, because I'm assuming in this case, the grand old market is like the center of the town. It's what everyone bases their life around. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, obviously, the rest of the chorus is self-explanatory. You want to see you looking stronger and stuff. And then um, the second verse is a bit more sort of abstract. Congratulations, you two. I laughed all night. Free service by candlelight. Free service by candlelight just rhymes with, with, with the, the first line. Well, the thing I got put in mind of is, like, one of the protagonist's friends, like... Um... Either joining a cause like joining the army or like um, getting married or something or, you know, something that would take them out of the protagonist's life. And yeah. they were having like a last celebratory meal or something. 
I'll use that. <laughs> that's what it is. But um, I mean, that's kind of yeah. I suppose that's kind of the image I had in mind. Um, congratulations, you two. I suppose it's like you know the friends. You know, like you say. And then um, I hardly mentioned how you changed my mind. They can't see what they can't find. Um, to be honest with you, sometimes with lyrics, you're writing and you're like, okay, I've got a cool melody here. Because by the time you've written the first verse, you kind of got your verse melody, haven't you? Yeah, and you can subvert it and change the melody later on, but. Nine out of ten times we are writing this at the last moment, yes. so it's not worth doing that. <laughs> so sometimes you just you just kind of yeah, the, you're just like um, well, singing. I see the mirror. Oh, that's good. Let's write to that. Exactly, and then you write down whatever fits, and then sometimes it has some kind of meaning to the rest of the song. Sometimes it doesn't. So I don't know about that line, um, but I was just like, I came home on Sunday night after gigging all weekend, and I was just. I just was laying on the sofa and I was like, oh, I've got to write a song. And I just went upstairs and it's one of those nice ones where I just like picked up the guitar and um, I just started playing and the first melody I got was which I quite liked because it's I'm playing an E major there but I'm just doing like a chromatic melody which I quite like at the moment doing. So. Obviously, not all of those notes necessarily work over just E. They do as passing notes. And then I thought I'd keep going with that sort of chromatic thing. So you got... But that is doesn't really work over the G, which I quite like that it didn't work over the G. Yeah. Um, I think I'm a semitone different for you today. Yeah, so... I danced on yeah, so I just I quite like just that. I just was humming. Just... I was like, oh, okay, cool. I got my phone out and recorded that straight away. I was like, right, okay, I need a song. I've got like two hours left, so I'll record that. And still had no lyrics, but I was just humming it. And then, um, and then I sort of got my lyrics down, started writing about the the crown and whatever, and. Um, I, th I thought it would be quite a nice thing if, like, to kind of have a callback to the beginning of the verse where it was very chromatic and out of key to kind of have as, like, a joining... I was going to ask about that, because that's a nice little uh, reset, but it's also not not jarring, but it sort of makes makes you think, oh, OK. It's like a second where you prick up your ears and go, why, why do you do that? I beg your pardon. <laughs> Excuse me! <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Is there anybody there? Is there anybody <coughs> out there? Um, and uh, so I had that section, and then it was one of those nice ones where once I had the verses, I just kind of was like playing with the last um, chord of the verse, which is a B, so it's the fifth. Um, and I often do that sort of seventh thing, and. I didn't actually do it in this performance because it's really hard to do, but you have to time it so you go. So it leads you into the uh, sort of arpeggios of the chorus. Yeah, and it, it led in there, and I just got that lyric just right as I got those chords. What are you doing when you're older? And it's a very like Carpenters esque melody. Um, so much so that it's probably stolen from one of their songs subconsciously. But it's like Drusilla Penny or something like that for any Carpenters fans listening. 
um, and it just I had a cool movement. And then I I've been doing this thing because uh, I at the moment I play in a band called Beach and we play uh, uh, what do you call it? We play this song uh, Neil Diamond song Sweet Caroline, right? Oh, the only Neil Diamond song. The only Neil. He only wrote one, but he had a lot of success from that one. Old Neil. Um, I say that my mum's a Neil Diamond fan. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Sweet crackling Rosie Caroline. Crackling Rosie. Um, but anyway, we we play this song and. Uh, I play guitar in that band, for anyone who doesn't know, and I, I try to try out different things with the chords we play in all sorts of songs, but I've been doing this thing recently where um, I go, Where it began, I can't begin to notice, but I know it's going, and then I'll go, which is just like a little show tune esque thing, and I've just started doing that all the time, like a bad habit, and so I, I'd fat. I fat I fit that in to the uh I fat that in my song <laughs> I dad. I fat that in very nicely. I'll get it ducky poos <laughs> Has that been an episode title yet? <laughs> no, but it should be. <laughs> but then that's the the grand old market bit um for that. And um that's pretty much it. Um it's one of those songs where I'm pleased with the melody and the chords, and um, there's enough substance in the lyrics that I'm like, hey, I could do something with this song. So I really we'll like see. it though. Like, I'd love to see, I'd love to see the musical that I imagine it's part of. Yeah, I'm, I'm just essentially creating my own vision in my head for this song, <laughs> but I like it. I like the sort of shift in perspective, and if you uh, did something with it, you could really do something with the production to make it. Uh, like you're already doing with the performance and that you've got the arpeggios for a different viewpoint and then the chords for the your protagonist's viewpoint. Yeah. But you could really do something with the production to uh, sort of orchestrate part of it or like uh, strip it back or yeah. put legato bits in it and, you know, whatever. I like the idea of having it so the arpeggio bit is like pizzicato strings, like do 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 that sort of thing. And then you have like these lush like brass parts come in all that but well like old disney style harmonies like you know and they're really old films like uh, lady and the tramp and everything where it's so but as opposed to like you know really sort of chamber sort of sound if you know what i mean yeah it, the thing is that we're getting those big orchestral ideas is i remember a few years ago i said to joe um I really got into Quincy Jones and I played him this like the opening to this album of Quincy Jones brass band music and it like starts with this giant like uh, fanfare and I said we should start the album like our new album like this and he went where do we get those guys I was like oh yeah shit we don't know anyone who plays those instruments just so. just spend an hour in front of a microphone mimicking loads of different vocal tones to be fair that's what we did on um, a couple of my recordings for um things like the plan and uh oh yeah stuff like that just you me and sam in a room <laughs> trying to <laughs> do as many different vocal tones as we could to try and make it sound big it worked really well i'm still quite impressed by it's that. weird how that production thing works you stand in different parts of the room and each different take the three of you sing together and you put on different stupid voices and it and works. You're, and you're all singing the same line as well. Like yeah. We ended up recording that four times, I think. Uh, four times with, in four different uh, distances from the mic mm. with four different silly voices each time. And it just sounds like a big crowd going... Why, 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 why. 
one of those nice moments where like you play it back afterwards and you'll, you'll gather around the speakers and then you play it back and you go, oh wow, that sounds great. Yeah. Especially when you didn't expect it to sound good because you're just doing silly voices. Yeah, it sounds a lot bigger than it actually is in the recording stage. Well, to the microphone, it's like there's, you know, 20 people in the room. Mm. And all with different voices. So when at, mo- when at most, we only recorded 12 individual voices. Because mm. we didn't put a lead vocal on that point either. Exactly, and the great thing about recording vocals like that, I know we're digressing here, but is that... This is what the podcast is all about. Is that you're all slightly out of tune with each other, especially us three. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, thank you. Well, (laughs) all of us. Um, And uh, which creates like that sort of, um, that natural chorusing effect. Mm. It's like when you record um, three tracks of the same string part on violin because it's a fretless instrument, you get a slightly different intonation every time, which creates this lush, big sound, as opposed to just recording it, like, completely clinically. You can sort of, like, hear um, that in effect on... Again, I always use Queen as examples, but a couple of examples on Night at the Opera, where Freddie Mercury gets so close that on Love of um, My Life, his backing vocals are so close that they phase, but they phase really slowly. Yeah. Like... As opposed to like something like Bohemian Rhapsody on the line, so you think you can love me and leave me to die? Uh, he's really, well, not really off. He's still singing the same notes, but he's off enough that you're getting the proper chorusing effect. Yeah, which is essentially non-automatic double tracking. It's just double tracking. Yeah, exactly. It's just that you can't sing perfectly the same thing twice. Yeah, but that one is deliberately off, whereas. Mm he got really close on Love of My Life, which is always impressive. He was so good at, and I think this is in a documentary, but phasing himself, which is such a cool thing. I mean, he was such a, obviously, one of the tightest singers of all time. But the fact that he got, like, natural phasing like that and could sing so close to his previous track, really cool. Well, like, really weird harmonies as well. Like, those opening vocals on uh, Bohemian Rhapsody aren't the whole band, they're just him. The, is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Like it's he's really good. Anyway, back on point. Um, where were we? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a good place to wrap up, to be honest. I think so, yeah. So that was uh, it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Uh, if you like what you've heard, leave us a comment in SoundCloud. Leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere else that you're listening to this. Uh, and if you want to uh, get in contact with us, uh, why not give us an email at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Where can they find you, Roger? They can find me at rogerheathers.com. They can find me, Roger Heathers, on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, check out check out uh, my stuff, and you can find your stuff where? Uh, just on SoundCloud. There'll be a link in the Weekly Song Podcast page, or you can just type Declan Kitchener. Declan, like Anton Deck, Kitchener, like the bloke from the posters, into the search bar and I'll probably come up. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for this yeah, week. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah. See you next week. Ta ra. Ta ra.